thou found of every blessing tune my heart to sing thy grace streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above praise the mouth of fixed upon it mount of ivy by thy grace I've come and I hold by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God he to rest me from danger interposed his precious blood Strong and perfect. 
You guys are talented. I call. Wow. You need roller skates. They opened that skating rink up again. Yeah. We can get down there. Walking your purpose. I'm thinking that's not the skating thing. Is probably not, not it. Okay. We have been looking at... Uh, this for this is part six so we've done this a while to get to this point so these are we've hit the big picture some umbrella kind of things and god's plan god's purposes all that and now we are going to narrow it down how you can find your purpose and so this will give you a little bit more information along those lines and uh, help you find God's plan for you. We're going to look at the uh, scriptures and how God is communicating to you what he has in mind, what he has in mind for you, for uh, your time on earth, your, your part in your family, your part in the community, your part in the church. The, uh, we'll look at um, how you fit and there are so many pieces to the puzzle, so we're going to put that together. And you can uh, see how that part of all of this is uh, impacts you and God's plan for you. Also, hearing God's voice, his communication to you and direction, so that you can know where it is, what it is, when it is that he wants you to do something how you fit into the whole, so God's plan for you. So we're going to start with your life manual. Second Timothy 3.16 gives us this. Uh, this is from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to his friend Timothy, and he includes this information. All Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So God uses it to accomplish his purpose, to help us fulfill his plan for our lives, how we fit into it. So there are 66 books contained in this bound beauty that he has made available to us, 66 written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors on three different continents. He has included information, illustrations, life examples, stories, history, poetry to try to communicate to us how to live in this world that he created put us here in this place so we could better understand how we are to interact with him, with him, the God of heaven, the creator of all things, connect with him, how to interact 
with the beings around us, human beings, the uh, creatures on this earth, how we are to deal with the nature that we live in. But also, there are other beings, divine beings, that exist. And they are part of all of this as well. And so he gives us instructions and gives us enough info to know how we fit in all of that. So... Revealed plan. We learn truth from Scripture. We learn truth from Scripture. It's where it's going to be found in here. It will help us to realize what is wrong and make corrections. It's going to give us some ideas about how to make those corrections. And everything won't specifically be addressed that we go through in our lives, but there will be principles, there will be directions that will somehow fit and help us to make uh, make the questions we need to and, and to do what is right and to be equipped so being equipped to do what God would uh, have us do what he's designed you for is huge so it's a mystery to me this is just me stepping back going okay I don't get this God in heaven has made this available He's made it available in most every language on the planet. 24,000 of those, and he's got almost all of them covered. And most of those languages, the major languages, already have a copy of the scriptures available. So people, and people know, for the most part, the major languages. So why is it this book is not more read, studied, embraced, Why is it set aside as something peripheral and uninteresting and boring? There are people in church who will open this thing and go, well, I'm supposed to be reading through the Bible this year. Oh, boy. The answers you're looking for for life are here. Moses presented it to the people and said, here it is. I'm giving you the words from God that contain life and death. What, what would you like? And many of them said, you know what? That's really just too much for us. Just not interested. There's so much more in life than that. The answers lie here. What beings on the opposite side of the aisle from God would think to make this a boring sounding book and who do even believers identify with when it comes to this book because it is too tough can't understand it yeah Paul explains that Satan God of this world has blinded the minds I I just don't get it. Huh. Who are you hanging out with? Because he says that he will give us understanding. That we can have a grasp of his truth because he desires more than anything that we get it. Jesus prayed before he died on the cross, sanctify them in your truth. Talking to his father. Your word is truth. Huh then why would it ever 
be so confounded boring? You can answer that on your own. This book is available, has answers, has directions, has incredible insight into the layout of the entire universe and beyond because it's talking about heaven. It's talking about the time that you will live because you never cease to exist. The time that you will live way past this lifetime. Well, the main thing I need to do is plan for retirement. Uh Uh-uh. Best you can do on that one is just a few years, folks. Government's not going to come through for you. Your retirement probably won't hold out. I I hate to say, the dollar might not be here, but I'll tell you what will be, and it's him, and a future that does not cease to exist. So where should we spend some time finding out our purpose? Where do we go? What's available? What has God in heaven said, I'm going to make this available to you so that you can find your way for The night is coming, and you're going to need a path to follow. I've made it available to you. In your language, probably on an app you can read on your phone, which is what you have in your hand all the time, and you can't seem to break loose. So check it out. It's available to you. Your life manual. You are accountable. You are accountable. Keep the terms. Keep the terms. This is from Deuteronomy 29, 29. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We're not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. He's made the instructions available. He's written them down made them available in a number of languages, some of it in giant print so people who have trouble can read it. It is available to us. Are we accountable for understanding? See, this is where our brains will go. Well, I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. I don't understand why all these these people in these other countries just don't get it. And why, why are they following other gods? And I don't... I don't understand why God let Satan in in the first place. And I don't understand why Eve ate that dumb apple. And I don't understand. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable. We are not accountable for them. So spend all your time running that hamster wheel round and round and round. And he says, you know what? I've given you instructions that you are accountable for. Take a minute. Read that. Do that. Follow that. Accomplish that purpose. Did you know on an assembly line at Ford Motor Company that the people on the line putting together widgets, they're just down the road putting together a widget, you're going to buy a Ford, then you're going to buy one with the widget in it. I don't know what a widget is, but anyway, there's this widgets coming down the thing. They don't understand what the engineers had in mind when they planned this thing. They don't know all the metallurgy that goes into that part. They don't understand all the electronics. They just know that their part, when this thing comes down, and they're getting their $35 an hour 
working 38 hours a week, coming down the thing, their job is to put that on. What is their purpose at Ford Motor Company? To know all the secrets of all the investments of Ford Motor Company? To sit in on every board meeting? To know how the plumbing works at Ford Motor Company? To do their part. To do their part. You ever tried to take on somebody else's job? Try to solve all the problems to make it work? The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them. Well, how come that guy doesn't get it? We are not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever. That's a long time. For all that he has revealed to us. Huh. Where are we going to find that? Oh, that book I've not really bothered to get into a whole lot. That one. This book. 66 books available to us. Freely given by God. Kept from getting lost in the shuffle for centuries and here we have it. So we want to find out our purpose. This is going to be key. It's going to give us guidance. It's going to tell us about him. It's going to give us some clues as to what has been, what is, and what's coming. All of it's here. It's all here. And it's also going to tell us which part we're accountable for and which part we're not. And if we get off on the part that we're not, which somebody else on the other side of the aisle thinks is really cool for us to spin our wheels on because we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to find those answers. God's not going to give us something that's not going to help us or doesn't fit us. It doesn't apply. And he said, I've already given you things to do. I just need you to do your part. Your part. Don't worry about that guy. Remember after Jesus rose from the dead, he's walking along, he's got... John, and he's, and he's got Peter. He pull, pull Peter over close and says, you, you love me, and you know, kind of goes through that whole thing. Because Peter denied him three times, so this is kind of a big deal. The guy he denied is now alive walking with him. He's kind of feeling awkward. And Jesus is asking him that question. In the course of this conversation, John is uh, just walking along. He's all healthy, and he's, he's a little bit younger than the other guys and uh, the Lord tells Peter that he's going to get old and some tough things are going to happen and, and and then die that's coming and Peter's going huh he's talking to the Lord the resurrected Jesus has come back from the grave his humanity comes out in, in just a flash he goes huh what about that guy not Oh, God of the universe who created all things, who's come back from the dead. Hey, got any other? No, I'm just, what about that guy? Don't worry about that guy. I'll take care of that. But, but the thing I need to know is, what about that guy? No, the thing you need to know is, I've revealed to you what you're accountable for. Do that. Just do that. Peter, once again, just do that. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are accountable. We are not accountable for them. 
But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. What, if we don't know the instructions, how well are we going to obey? We're just going to make stuff up. Could be not even close to what God intended. Probably not close is the guess. Because the things he tells us to do really don't always fit the way we think. So let's go to that. God's plan fits you. God plan, God's plan fits you. This is a favorite. This is Jeremiah 29. You find this in Jeremiah 29. And, and people have plaques and posters and pictures and engraved things and things on the refrigerator with this on it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That is stated to Israel. They've, they've been uh, carried away and, and attacked by Babylon. So now they are uh, in, a, in a desperate situation. And Jeremiah is still in Israel. Daniel's over in Babylon. Ezekiel kind of goes back and forth. We've just got these prophets who are in the middle of all of this. And, and this is the promise that, that God sends to Israel through Jeremiah. And he says, I've got plans for you. And they're going, well, you know, we'd like to hear them because it's pretty bad right now. And, and it is great. I mean, this, is a, this, is, this one's used at a lot of, or has been in the past, used a lot of high school graduations. And people, you know, put it on, again, plaques and all sorts of things. I know the plans I have for you. He does. Plans for good, not for disaster. Yep. Give us a future and a hope. Yes. But God's plan, let's see. There's this thing that's going around. It was on the it was Super Bowl uh, this last year, and they had commercials, and it's, he gets us. And it's a whole movement. There's a whole bunch of people pitching in on this. He gets us. It's about, you know, God, Jesus loving us, and, and it, all of those things are true. God so loved the world. He gave his only son. You go, okay, he gets us. The interesting thing in all of this is it becomes very directed towards us. It becomes so how do how do I feel about it? How's God taking care of me? How does God uh provide for me, touch me, make me feel special? Uh, he gets us. And we're all totally messed up. And he accepts us because he died on the cross. He suffered to pay for our sins. So obviously, there's no sin bad enough to keep us away from him, which is all true. But on the side of that, where he says uh, to the woman who's being harassed by the Pharisees, he says, uh, you're forgiven, go and sin no more. Well, the people often from the the perspective of, well, he's so forgiving and he forgives all of our sin. And we just come down to, he forgives all our sin and I can just keep doing what I'm doing and thinking the way I'm thinking and just treat people the way I've been treating them. It's all good because he gets me. Uh, I'm not sure this has been read thoroughly. Because there may be something in here that says that we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness first. 
That's the first thing. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. No, I'm going to love me, and he has to come help me. Now what? And Jesus said, if you love father, mother, brother, sister, child, wife, yourself more than me, you can't even be my follower. Oh, yeah, I see. This is all about me. It is not in the book. He does get us, which is why he's telling us, don't do it that way. I've got something else for you, something that will radically alter your life, but I'm not fitting into your plan. This is the key here. I am not fitting into your plan. You must fit into mine. I know the plans that I have for you, not to do it your way, not to pat you on the head, not to give you a participation trophy. You are so special to me, I will not let that happen. I have a plan for you that you have never imagined could be possible. It is so intriguing, so adventurous, so incredible. You've never touched on it because it comes from me, not the crowd, not even your own imagination. It comes from me. I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for disaster. And they will give you a future and a hope. But it's not like those. It's not like those other plans. It's not like the plans that people come up with. It's not like the plans you've heard before. These are my plans. And they come from out there. Not down here. So he continues, and this is what doesn't get included on the plaques, the posters, and the little cards that are passed out. The other verses, things go in context. You ever notice that? It really helps to read the rest of it. In those days, verse 12, in those days when you pray, I will listen. Because hmm. these people are now, I want to know God's plan, so now I'm going to come. God says, I will, I will hear you. When you call out to me, I'm going to hear you. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. But wait, Lord, I, I, this is what I want to do. This is how I want everybody to applaud me. This is what, how I want my life to be comfortable and safe. And I, these, and I want those people fixed too. And, and, and I want those people to get it. However, this, you know, that's got to be part of the plan. And he's going, hmm, I'm not interested in all that stuff that you want. What I want to know is, are you going to pursue me wholeheartedly? If you do that, if you do that, and you call out to me, you speak to me, I will listen. And I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But it starts with a relationship. It starts with a dedicated, intentional relationship with the living God. 
not toying around, not playing, not self-centered, not, hey, can you make me feel, you know, if you just pat me on the head, this would be so much better. Uh, No. No. The way he's going to raise us up, the way he's going to show us his love is by us committing ourselves to him, getting in the right place so we fit the pieces of the puzzle that exists around us. That's our place that he's designed from before the world was made. We can choose to be part of it or leave it out. If we choose to be part of it, these are plans that are good. They will give us a future and hope. We choose another direction, we will find disaster. Those things being defined by him, not by the way we feel about it. Because some really tough things can be really good things, and some really good things can be really disastrous things. So, his plan, not ours, his way, not the way we think it should be. So here's a fit. The fit. Hierarchy of fitness. So at the top of this pyramid is God. And, and we live our lives in a context as well. So there's God who has existed and always existed, always will. And he has designed this existence, the, the universe, the cosmological reality that we live in. And he has brought us along. He built this, this universe, this earth, to be habitable inhabited by human beings who he has envisioned uh, being part of his family. So this is all part of the plan. So you are going to be included in this. So God has designed all those things. He's a top. Uh, we're going to seek him wholeheartedly. He is, you know, seek first his kingdom, seek him, uh, love him. And then part of this pyramid is we live in certain times in history certain things that are going on in, at, at this point in history. And it's different now than it was in 1860. It's different now than it was in 60 B.C. It's just we're living in a different time. Every time has its ups and downs and technology and communication issues and people. This is ours. So the family, the friends, the the. Uh, kinds of terms that we use in this existence are all part of the times so that we need to understand that we're we're part of this for a reason that god has a plan that includes us being here in the time of smartphones and you go wow okay that's that's different the next group coming up will have some other technology the group before us had pay phones so you just go okay it's just, they're just different, different times. We also have others. So there's other people, there's other nations. The 195 nations, uh, political nations, are uh, the ones that exist today. But those maps have changed. If you've looked at those maps and you memorized them as a kid, depending on when you were in school, the, the little maps that you colored in, have changed those names have changed those countries have changed and so the others 
and then you've moved or people have moved. So some of the people in your life or some people have moved on and gone to heaven and they're not here anymore. I mean, things, but there's others. There's people that are here with us. We interact with them. Some of them are helpful for us in living out our purpose. Others kind of seem to be a drag. But it's the life we get to live. And God has us here to be part of his plan to impact this world for him. And we can plug in. We can be part of the... We can fit into his plan. Or we can choose to do our own plan, which does not fit. And it, even though the times, he, God is still God, the times are still here, that doesn't change anything. And other people and the other experiences with other nations, all of that's still going to go on. We can just choose to opt out of God's plan, God's purpose. We can choose to opt out, do our own thing, do it our way, stubbornly hold on to the things that we believe are true, regardless of what God says in his book, because we haven't bothered to really check it. So we continue to do things our own way, and we miss out on the purpose of God. And God wants you to be part of his plan. He has a plan for you that is good, that will give you a future and a hope. But it includes you wholeheartedly pursuing him and getting to know what that is. He wants you to do that. He rewards that. He, he comes along and says, man, if you're going to do that, let me tell you. And he will reveal. Does he do it all at once, everything in the whole plan so he can get your approval? Mm, you know the answer to that. There is so much that he wants to bring your way. So here's God's plan for you. Let's talk about this real quick. Priority living. There's love, love God and others. Got to start with that. That's he's he, God is love. That's not his only only characteristic and sadly some people fall off on that one. No, he's just and he's wise and and he's all powerful, he's all knowing. There's he, he is so much more, but this his love is going to be complete and it is looking out for the best way to elevate another person because he wants to come alongside. He sent his own son to die. That's not very loving of his son, it seems. But he, you know, I so love them. Oh, yeah. And after he does it, he goes, you know what? I think I'll just honor you in addition. Okay. So he loves his son and he loves us. And he's given us the best of himself and of the possibilities of a future. Love God and others. So when Jesus is talking about that, Matthew 22, he's referring back to Deuteronomy, which is uh, the question they ask, so what's the greatest commandment? And he goes, he, says, he picks this one up, and you go, wow, okay. That's, and they agree. These guys all, you know, yeah, that's, that's the one. Love God. That's, you start there with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then you love others. So here, this is, this is what I found in my experience on this whole love thing. And, and you know because I have almost did a whole year on just what this love thing means of sermons. So the love God part, people go, yeah, yeah. That means I'm really not interested, but yeah, that's cute. Then the love others part. So if you check most... You can pull up church uh, websites. I can't think of one that won't follow this. The love God part, it will be there. It will be stated there. 
the pursuit of everything in their ministry and every other statement will be socially directed. It will be something to do with, we are a family-friendly church. We are a great neighborhood church. We take care of the poor. All that's good. It's all part of it. What was the one that he said was the greatest commandment? Love God. You go, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got that. Now we need to get on to the stuff that really counts. How can we do these social things? Well, yeah, you ought to do that. He's not saying don't do that. But if we're going to love others, we first have to love him. Romans 5 tells us it's the Holy Spirit who breaks forth in us and just takes the love of God and explodes it in our hearts. So now we're operating on a different kind of love than the one that says, what kind of programs can we do in this community with our brand so that we can fill more seats in our facility? Wait a minute. Where's the love God part? What would you do if you were really loving God first with everything? Well, one, you get to know him. I don't have time for that because we've got this program for these kids. Or we've got a music program. Now we'll c- include some words because we like verses, especially the Psalms, and we'll make those into songs that we can sing on Sunday. So where's the love God part? It becomes a social thing. It becomes an issue. But the priority is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Do that. And then God, from out there, gives this this unlimited supply of love that comes from there, not from our limited supply that gets mad, hot, yells, screams, hollers, get angry. We just don't know if we can make it another day. Anybody been there? Dealing with family, dealing with friends, dealing with work, dealing with... Because we're not tapped into the unlimited source that is available to us that will help us see it, empower us to do it, and he wants us to know that he has a plan for us that is good, not for disaster, to give us a future and hope. But it first comes down to wholeheartedly pursuing him. Love God, then others. Yeah, it's both of those. So love prior to living. Keep God's plan above yours. Keep God's plan above yours. He says, seek first his kingdom, not your kingdom. Well, he, he just needs to make this go better for me, make my car work better. He's give me the right house and the right job and the right income and, and, and the right interest rates. I don't want to pay a lot, but I do want to receive a lot. I don't know how he's going to make that happen, but that's the system I want. Keep God's plan above yours. And be faithful in following the Lord. Faithful in following the Lord. Not angry at him because he didn't come through on your plan. Faithful to following the Lord. You've got to find out what his plan is, which means getting in the book. Finding out what in the heck it is that he's trying to do. And then do that. Find out what your part is. And this is part of it. I mean, this fit thing, this um, getting into the scriptures, drawing near to him, loving him. And he begins to reveal the more we love him, the more we're obedient to his truth. 
John 14, 21, he's going to reveal. Jesus says, I will reveal myself to them. That means more info. The more we do it, the more we get. The more we follow him, the more the Holy Spirit comes along and says, hey, you did that, I'll give you a little bit more. Here's some more. And get ready to turn left right up here. It's got a little something for you. We don't do it that way. We're on our own, which isn't a great place to be. So the context, keep this going, God's plan for you. Your context, so it's God, remember the pyramid, you, the times, others. So this is part of the, the uh, times, the context that you're living in from Acts seventeen twenty six. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. That family in the photo lived in 18, I think the picture was taken in 1880. So they had a different time, different clothing, different pressures, post-Civil War, before the Spanish-American War, no World War I. They wouldn't even know what a car is. They had railroad by then. Things that Pony Express had come and gone by this this point. Those are their times. You have your times. Your pictures, the ones you have in your photo albums, those are your times. And God wants you to live it fully in your context. But he created from one man, started with Adam, everybody, all the nations throughout the whole earth. So this whole thing is filled with people that we are interacting with and we are here to be among them. All eight billion. And I want you to learn their names. Eight billion people and we are here among them. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. Well, I always felt like, you know, I was really meant to live in the... 1800s. I really liked old ways. That's not what God said. Well, I, I, you know, I'm just way ahead of my time. Mm, no. No, you're not. Ah, dang, you're bursting bubbles everywhere. All right. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. He determined their boundaries. Why did your families... Wherever they were, whenever they caught a boat from Europe or somewhere and they showed up here, why did they do that? What moved them? And, and some of our families got moved by some army, branch of the army back in the day. But anyway, so you, you, got, you got movements. But these boundaries are not just random. God is at work. He's doing things and moving people and moving nations all the time and he knows exactly where they are and what is supposed to be happening now some of them are going to be judged for things that are horrible some of them will be rewarded for things because they did move in the right direction so all of that's playing in this as well but god decided beforehand when they should rise and fall he determined their boundaries and you are part of it part of god's plan so you fit in, that's part of the puzzle. You belong. This is a uh, part of the significance. So you're part of the church uh, called 
the ecclesia, which means the called out ones. You are called out to be part of this thing that God is doing, part of God's plan, part of God's purpose. So he's doing something. So let me, let me touch on that. The reason for the church, and you can look this up on, on just websites, just pull up church websites, and they will have all kinds of things. Like we are here to uh, glorify God, which is always good. Uh, we are uh, committed to our community, they'll, and they'll include that. There will be a whole lot of, of talk about how their ministries impact, again, the social aspect of people's lives, either classes or uh, programs to, to uh, entertain them or, in some cases, to reach those who, who uh, need help, just, you know, food, clothing, direction, you know, counseling, breaking addictions, all kinds of things are out there. So the purpose of the church is to be nice in the neighborhood. Let's see. This is significant. Ephesians 3.10. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What? I have not seen that on one website. It said, this is God's purpose. Well, we got all kinds of purposes. We got all the plans God has. And wouldn't somebody somewhere reference something that says this is God's purpose? Last week, I gave you the verses, a couple of them that say, this is God's will for you. If you go, I'm not sure what God's will is for me. Well, there's some clear ones that says this is God's will for you. I don't know what the purpose of the church is. I'm kind of wrestling with that. God's purpose is on in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Well, that's like spiritual stuff, supernatural kind of talk. We ain't comfortable with that. We're going to have to go back to social programs because we get that. We get how to do that. We can do coloring sheets and story time. Don't you be dragging in gods and demons and the powers out there. And yet that's exactly what he says this is about. We exist here because he is showing them what he can do. He is showing off through you, to them. So this will creep you out. That means they're watching. They're watching you here. They're observing how you respond. They're watching to see, do you ever open this book? Because they're cheering if you don't. But they're watching to see if you really find out, oh, that's what God meant, or that's who God is. Or that's how I should love God. Or that's how I should love someone else. They're watching. And he has made it possible 
for people to have a relationship with him that alters things, that brings honor to his name, which is what they tried to destroy and take away. We can live in such a way that in groups, like gathering for a church service or when we're in private and they're observing, they can see, man, they mean this. They are, they are really going after the Lord wholeheartedly. They really love him, which befuddles them and angers them, and so they come after you. And there are times when you're going, man, that's just a weird thing that just happened. That happened out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, that blew. And he's saying, I'm, I'm going to honor my son. Because they were after him too. It was up to them. They were the ones who decided to kill him. I think I will honor my son through this group, through these people, and show them, show all of them how wonderful he is. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You get to play a part. If, if you decide to seek God's purpose for your life. It's available. It's amazing. And when you do, and you give your efforts to it, you wonder, well, I'm not getting any big prizes. I didn't make a bunch of extra money or whatever. You just keep remembering it's not about those things. We're doing something that impacts lives here, and it impacts other beings that are around us, honors our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. It's just... Now they're doing a great job. Love them. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So we're following with his plan, his purpose. We're doing what he's called us to do. That's what's happening. He's observing. He's keeping track. And, uh, well, when we meet him face to face, then there's some really good things that come out of that. But even while we're walking on this planet, just know, work enthusiastically for the Lord. That means keep up your house, pay your bills. Keep things clean. Keep things right between you and other people. If you're wrong, admit it. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive them. If you need to ask forgiveness, ask it. Do these things enthusiastically for the Lord. All of it. None of it's wasted. Well, you know, I just cram stuff in my closet. I just really don't want to clean the house. Did God make it possible for you to have a house? Did he provide you breath 
some mobility. Obviously, you shouldn't take care of that. Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. The shaker uh, story of making furniture, I love this story. So you work on the, uh, like a dresser, and the comment, somebody came into the workshop, said, why are you spending so much time on the back of that thing? Because nobody will ever see it. It'll be against a wall. And they're making it just gorgeous like the front. And the shaker guy says, the Lord will see it. I'm doing everything to glorify him. Huh. Everything. Work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Another part of that, or part of this whole process of, of getting the plan, fitting into, we get to fit into what he's doing, we find out from the book, directions, but also he speaks, and so he communicates, and he wants to communicate, and he does this specifically. So in Scripture, we're going to get some, some direction, and we got, for this is God's will for you, so we know some direct things, but when you're trying to decide, do I, you know, is is this the direction for me at this time? Should should I pursue this degree program or take this job? Or should I buy this house or move to this area in the world? Or whatever, all those kind of things. This doesn't necessarily help. It just doesn't specifically have your name and then tell you so um hmm okay it kind of does let me let me give you an example so i had a had uh been involved with a ministry in germany my time with the army was coming to an end i had to decide uh whether i would stay and continue by being a, a missionary there in, in the country and helping out with with this parachurch ministry and uh, working with military and civilians there in the area. And I was torn because the pressure from my parents was, get back home. We got a place where they had their own business. We have an office for you and everything. Just come on back. They had shag carpet. They had Dr. Pepper. I'd come to visit. I'd been home on leave. I went, oh, that's... We didn't have shag... Where I was, we didn't have... Those things were not there. And not that I didn't like Germany. I just thought, man, that could be fun. And then I felt like the Lord's going, nope, that ain't for you. I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm praying. I'm praying these things. And I'm asking the Lord, so should I go back? Because you've got to... You got to let the military know some, you know, some of your plans, and I couldn't quite come up with the exact thing. What came to mind was leave your country, come to the country that I will show you, and I'm going, huh? Okay, well, that sounds like that's from out there somewhere because I certainly wouldn't have come up with that. By the way, that is 
Genesis 12.1, but I didn't know that. I'm a new guy. I'm new, new to this part of it. I'm going, I don't even know what to do with this. This is, this is, uh... so I'm, I'm there in the barracks going, um, and, and my job allowed me to be in places other people couldn't because of clearances, and you guys know, you get your own world, and I have my own world, and I'm, I'm in there going, Lord, I, I don't know, and I don't know what to do next with this. I did know about judges and, and the whole, you know, put out a fleece kind of thing. So what I did was I wrote out um, stay in Germany on a piece of paper. And a bunch of other pieces of paper just had go home. I threw them all in a box, shook them up, pulled one out. I bet you can guess which one <laughs> out of all of those. I'm going, oh, my gosh. Is this really you, <laughs> Lord? And uh, I said, read Genesis. So I read Genesis. I get to 12. I go, oh, this is in here. What you said is in here. This is what's what you told Abraham to do. All right. So I let them know. I let everybody know I'm staying. They wouldn't let me stay to get out. I had to go to Fort Dix. They said, you have to go to the States, and then you can come back, but you have to go process there. And I'm going, that just sounds dumb, but... Okay, so I came to the States, hung out a little bit, went back. And it was, all of that turned out being pretty amazing. However, he speaks and he gives direction. So in that case, there, were, there was a portion of scripture that he used, and he may use a portion of scripture, bring it to mind. I didn't remember that. I hadn't memorized it. I don't even remember reading it or having ever heard that part of Genesis at that point in my life. It is stuck now, but it, at that point it was like, I was shocked when I saw it. I was shocked. So all that to get us to your path. This is from John ten twenty seven. This is a, a portion where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd. He's going to guide the sheep. That's his people. And he gives a description of being the door and, and, and the sheep. Uh, the shepherding part of this and he says my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me he knows his sheep he knows every hair he's got them all numbered all the hairs on your head and you don't even know that he knows you more intimately than you know yourself he knows you knows you by name he knows your times he knows your situation he put you here he knows the boundaries he knows all of it, not a surprise to him. And they follow me. Okay, they hear his voice and they follow him. So my sheep listen to my voice, which is the, the whole shepherding thing is that these shepherds would bring in all their sheep, so the different flocks are put in at night in, in the one giant pen, and the shepherd could call out his sheep, and, and those sheep would follow him. He didn't have to go in there and pick them out. They just followed him because of his voice. The next shepherd comes up, calls his group. They come out. The sheep follow the voice of their shepherd. So who do we follow? What voices do we follow? What in this world grabs us? What musician, what artist, what book writer, what influencer, 
What is it in our lives that grabs us? What voice do we listen to? And Jesus says, those who are mine will follow my voice. And he's the one who's speaking. So it's been 2,000 years since he was here. So people have come up with, well, he doesn't really speak like that anymore. Uh, he's, he only speaks through a certain leadership. depends on which church denomination group you're with. Uh, who those are and then he designates them and then they speak and you go eh, he, he kind of does that but it's not limited to them it's everybody this isn't all my people all my sheep this is available my sheep listen to my voice i know them they follow me isaiah so we go back to the old testament this is for directions Auditory. So this is coming, you know, God, I'm looking for some directions. We're in specific here. Isaiah 30, uh, 21. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether you, you know, to the right or the left. Well, that's just symbolic. Your own ears will hear him. That's not a symbolic anything. It's just, he's speaking, he's giving directions, he's saying turn to the left or right. How do we get there? Well, we have to wholeheartedly seek him. I think we covered that. We also got to know this book. So if you're saying go to the right or left, and you've got another voice going on, and I guarantee you there will be other voices. And they will say go to the left or right. If it don't fit this, that's from the enemy. Or it's from our own, we just made it up, and we're coming up doing what we want to do anyway. And if we are always doing what we want to do, it's probably not God's plan. Remember, Moses didn't want to go rescue the people from Egypt. He was trying to get out of that deal every way he could. And God said, no, you know, you're the guy. Dang it. Sarah's laughing when he says, you're going to have a baby. She hasn't had a baby. Ever. Now she's old. Yeah, time's passed. No, you're having a baby. And she had a baby. Mary's going, I can't have a baby. You know, I just... Uh, uh, and she had a baby. So God speaks. God tells us stuff that would be way different, way impossible, way out of our comfort zone. And uh, that's his plan. No, it's got to fit what's in my mind and what I've always imagined. Then it will be nothing by comparison to what he has in mind for you. But you can have it. People of Israel said, we want a king. They got Saul. Well, that sucked. Then they got David. That worked out a whole lot better. We force God's hand and sometimes he goes, okay, here you go. But if you want to hear his voice, if you want to go to the left or to the right, when he says, then you go after him wholeheartedly. You find out what he does, why he does it, where he's headed, and do it his way. Don't impose your will on him. Auditory. Soul speak. This is from Job 33. For God speaks again and again. 
Though people do, do not recognize it, he speaks in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He speaks visions, dreams. You know, that's a bunch of nonsense because that's what people have said through the years. No, he does it. Does it all the time. Did you know there is a sweeping movement of Muslims coming to Jesus, which is like 180 off from what they believe because Jesus has been showing up in dreams and visions and speaking to them. And so there's this huge movement. Iran has one of the fastest growing churches in the world. But he doesn't do this anymore. He's always done this. He's never not done this. And he's still doing this. And God speaks again and again. Well, I don't think he's ever spoken to me. Yeah, he's spoken to you. Did you recognize it? Maybe not. Has he spoken? Yes. So if it's not on his end of this communication line, where is it? And maybe it's in the recognition and learning to recognize that he's speaking in those things. I mean, being open to it is the first step, just understanding that God's God and he can do whatever he wants. But also recognizing that he, he may have a way of speaking to us that is different than we've known before, unusual for us. And he has a way of speaking. But when you're in a deep sleep, it's really hard to say, oh, but you may have responded to something because you were praying about something, thinking about something. You brought that problem to bed with you, and then by morning you've got a resolution. You go, how did that happen? And you get a resolution during the night, and the Lord can bring you those things to mind. Go, wow, that's kind of cool. So there's, there's some soul speak. There's a... Uh, and he, he, there's some guidance to him to do the Nehemiah 2.12. It's not going to be up there, but Nehemiah has a concern for the city of Jerusalem. The walls have been torn down by the Babylonians, and he going, he's going to go back and help rebuild it. Cyrus, the king, has said, yeah, you go do that, rebuild it. So he goes back, and he's got to build a wall, and he says that the Lord put it on his heart to go out, what to do with this building project, which turns out to be incredible, the system that they came up with. But he says that the Lord's put it on his heart. He goes out and inspects and comes up with a plan. Well, the Lord sometimes is speaking that way. And so we get this inspirational uh, guidance that comes through. It's not auditory. It's not a vision. He's put it on our heart in a different way. It's kind of a download, and we just get this information. But Nehemiah recognized, oh, that ain't me. I'm so smart. No, he went, uh, that's, God put it on my heart to go check this out. And, uh, and then he comes up with this plan, and we can read it in the book, and it's really cool in Nehemiah. So, so that's some of the guidance. There's wisdom wisdom and we need this too because we're asking god to help us we're trying to make decisions we want to know what his plan is and his purpose james 1 5 if you need wisdom ask our generous god and he will give it to you he will not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him be sure that your faith is in god alone 
not in institutions or plans or programs or some other kind of... This is trusting in God alone. If you need wisdom, ask him, and he will give it to you. Now, the amazing thing here is, like Nehemiah is recognizing, okay, I just got a download, and the Lord told me how to handle this, how to organize this, how to inspect and take care of this building project. He, he knew where it came from. We have to have faith in God alone. What if our faith is in how clever we are, our, our ways of doing this, how, how we were trained, our education, our degrees, our experience, our age, our whatever it is that, that we come up with. And he's, he's saying, wow, he will give it to you. And, and what if he decides to give it to us in an auditory fashion like turn to the left turn to the right i don't know what voice that was i think i'm hearing things so we just ignore that and maybe he's already done that for you or he's giving you clear direction on on where he wants to go just follow me jesus says his sheep hear his voice so they go with him how's god going to reveal his that wisdom if we ask for it how's it going to come may come in a dream could come in a vision could come auditory, could it just, or through somebody else. Sometimes he'll send some another person that he just gave the answer to, and then they show up, and you go, "How do you even know that?" And then they, that's freaky. Okay, counsel, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Finding people who listen to God. And asking for advice is a good plan. Finding out, okay, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you hear from God? How do you make a decision? Here's what I'm looking at. Here are the 10 things that, you know, all my issues. And be open. Be open to what God has to say and to using advisors to that whole thing. Proverbs 15, 22. Leading. Leading. This is from Romans 8. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if we're being led by the Holy Spirit, then, the, then it indicates that we're actually, we actually belong to him. And we can turn him off. We can say, I don't want to go that way. I don't want to go the left or right when you say it. I don't want to follow Jesus when you say it. I just want to do my thing. I want you to bless my deal I'm going to ask for your favor on my plan. And, and God's saying, no, just follow me and you will be blessed. You will have favor if you obey me. If you walk with me, all that's built in. So those who are led by the Holy Spirit. And you've got to learn how to do that. See, that may take asking wisdom, maybe asking for advisors, and maybe training, maybe all kinds of things involved in all of these things, actually. Nothing wrong with that. We're built to do that. We are... One of my jobs, Ephesians 4, is to equip people to do this. That's what's supposed to happen. So, how do we become mature in Christ? Well, we all get equipped so that we can all go out and fit into God's plan, the thing that he has in mind, and that's what he lays out in Ephesians 4. But this, we're led by the Holy Spirit, and and then, you know, that's our relationship with him. We are children of God. Revelation 3, actually this is repeated seven times, but this one, Revelation three thirteen. 
Jesus is saying, write some letters, telling John, write some letters to the to these seven churches, but he closes each one of those letters with this. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So there's hearing and understanding. The Spirit is speaking. You go, well, wait a minute, that's like a supernatural being. Yeah. In a spiritual sense, yeah, speaking. Uh huh. We have to hear it. If we have ears to hear, and we have to understand. Well, I don't think I've ever heard that. Ears to hear. We have to be ready to listen, and then we got to practice some understanding. Where do we get that? It takes us back to the book. Sixty-six books written so that we can understand some of these things, and the Holy Spirit will guide us and help us and show us more. Even. It's God's plan for you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Begins there. Say, God, you're God, I'm not. I want to go where you want me to go. You have planned this from way before this earth was ever made. And you knew the time I would live. You know my name. You know how I fit. I don't. So I need some help. need some wisdom. I want to hear your voice. I want to know when to turn left or right. I want to quit whining about it. I want to get on board with you and see where you would take me because that plan for me is good. It will give me a future and a hope. I want that one. I'm tired of mine. Ready for yours. Which is outstanding. Let's pray. Father, thank you for not giving up on us, for giving us help, direction. You have a plan. We may not know all the details. We may not even know how to start, but you have one if we turn to you. So, Lord, we start with loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, pursuing you wholeheartedly, laying aside all these things that we have in mind that we think are so important and taking up what is important, those things that you say, Lord, that will make a difference in this world and to those beings that are observing, those who are opposed to you, the rebels, but also the angelic ones who cheer us on. Lord, I pray that we would be attentive, listening for your voice, that we would follow fully, that we would not hesitate to go where you would send us, that we would not hesitate to do what you would have us do. Lord, I pray for wisdom and a willingness to seek advice, to listen to others, to humble ourselves. Lord, I am amazed that you have allowed us to be part of the thing that you're doing in this world, in this time but it is for your honor and glory. And we are pleased to be part of that. In Jesus' name, amen.
For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God
And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him, from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Amen.